Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where we help you move from residential property investments over to the dark and mysterious world of commercial property investment. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. In this episode, I'm going to reveal to you what our business model really is, where the most value is created. So listen up. But before I get to that, I want to get something off my chest. I'm getting really frustrated at people discussing commercial in a two-dimensional way. It's as though the billions of pounds worth of commercial property out there can be banded together as one type, as one thing that obeys the same rules throughout all its constituent parts. People don't know what they don't know, of course, and I get that. I definitely know I don't know enough about this stuff, but I can assure you it's more than two-dimensional. This investment type is not just about retail units or single occupant leased space on a 15-year lease. So if you're going to ask which is better, residential or commercial, you better be asking about a specific strategy or an area of commercial and not generalising a stereotype of what people may perceive it to be. Let's get things straight. To add to the complexity of the different types of commercial property investment you can get, that you can choose to be a passive investor or an active investor. And there's a big difference. Neither is better or worse, of course. It's just... One is more suited to a different type of end goal. It depends on what you're trying to achieve. Most people on the outside, and even some on the inside of commercial, think it's all about parking your money for passive income. Way back in the beginning, I used to think about that. My strategy was, let's build a residential portfolio. It's going to take a bit of heartache. There's going to be some issues about dealing with customers and tenants and toilets and all that sort of stuff. And okay, we can get some agents to look after it, but there's all the issues. And then on that wonderful day, I'm going to swap it all in for a row of industrial buildings where I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the income. But what actually happened for me was, during that residential period, I ended up buying my first commercial property. But the real light bulb moment was when I had it revalued. And this was quite a number of years after getting it and redeveloping it. And what happened was I was investing for the cash flow and thinking, right, I'm going to increase my cash flow here. That's what it's all about. But what I didn't realise was how much that affected the value. So in the end, when I had it revalued because we were looking at another building, the light bulb went off and I realised that this asset we'd been working on to increase this cash flow had actually increased by a significant amount of value. And it didn't matter what was going on in the market. The marketplace had no determined factor on the value. It was all about the income and what we'd done to improve it. So the problem is the passive viewpoint holds many of us back from investing in commercial because we feel that we're not ready to park our money or someone else's money And we're still trying to build our wealth through active investment in residential and waiting for the market to grow up and 
for our assets to increase in value and then maybe we'll swap them in and buy an asset class like commercial when we have enough money. But we're missing the fact that commercial can actually help build that wealth if we understand the different facets of the asset class. Because a lot of people on the outside will look at it and say it's a passive investment, but it doesn't have to be that way. There are ways of increasing your overall value or your overall equity. So I want to quickly chat over three layers of the industry to help build out a fuller picture for you. The first is the difference between passive and active investors. And just to finish with that, because passive investing, yes, you can part money in this industry and get great yields, great return. And we'll talk about yield a little bit later on. But it does tend to be more of a lease option and something that you're looking for the long term where you want perhaps to take, you're, you're willing to take a lesser income but for more longevity. But the active investor is looking at actually increasing value. So that's the first kind of layer, as it were, to this that I want to talk about. The second thing is about primary, secondary and tertiary areas. So these are about where you're investing your money, where the asset is. So primary tends to be where institutional investors or the bigger money is. And primary tends to have less of a yield, but a much less uh, risk factor. So you might be looking at a city centre, um, somewhere where you may get some retail or you may get some office space on long-term lets. And it may be a good industrial site as well where you can get long-term lets. And often you'll see if you drive past these industrial estates that the sign at the entrance will tell you who the actual investment company is. Sometimes it'll even tell you that it's an institutional investor. And when I mean that, I mean people that are looking after pension money for um, local government or for even for private individuals. And they're going out investing in property as part of that portfolio, depending on the risk that portfolio wants to take on. Some of them specifically are commercial, but others will have more of a mixed um, bag of investments in there. But nevertheless, they tend to be less um, risky. They tend to be more risk adverse. They tend to be your primary locations. And an interesting factor, of course, is if you buy an asset in one of these locations, it could be that over the 10-year period or a 10-year cycle in the market that the price will change quite a lot. But actually, it's all about market sentiment. And that's what will change your price point. So don't base your entire understanding of the commercial market on that sector because there is the secondary sector and the tertiary sector. So secondary is more finding investments that have perhaps a little bit higher risk profile, but they're still getting pretty good tenants. They might be out-of-town developments. They might be perhaps in more smaller towns, but their, their demographic is still reasonably large. But it's where some of the national chains might still be taking on space. And then tertiary areas is perhaps in your local town if you live in a smaller town or it's in more, not I wouldn't say rural, but it's in more smaller towns where the conurbations have certain number of commercial types of properties. And again, the risk profile maybe increases in these areas. And as private investors, certainly from my point of view as a private investor, secondary and tertiary areas are the ones that I tend to look at, not just because they're more affordable, but also because I can be much more active in those areas. I can increase the value of those properties by more active investment. So the third thing to consider 
is classification or market segments, of which my personal favourite is multi-use sites, but this might be things like, is it industrial? Is it leisure? Is it retail? Is it hospitality? What type of market space are you in? So think about that. When somebody's online or on the TV talking about commercial and what's happening in the market, you must remember, are they talking from a passive point of view? Are they talking from an active investor point of view? Are they talking about primary locations, secondary locations, tertiary locations? Or are they talking about a market segment? Because being generalist about the market will give you a very biased view. And you need to think about really what's happening in your area, the type of investments you're going for, and how you're investing, passive or active. These are all things that are going to affect what your outcome is going to be and whether those things really are going to help you get your goals, which of course is the primary reason for doing this. So all of these factors will affect yield, which is effectively the ROI on the purchase price, including purchase costs. So take your net income and divide it by the total acquisition and refurbishment costs, and then you're going to work out your true ROI. And that's what you can use for comparables, by the way. So if you're going to compare apples with apples, make sure you're looking at ROI based on the total acquisition and refurbishment costs. And I know, as residential investors, we love to hang on to the fact that, well, I only invested five grand in that property, so my ROI is 60%. Or I took all my money out, so my ROI is now infinite. Well, bully for you. The problem is, you can't compare that with other assets. You need to have a comparable where you can look at the actual true return on the property investment and then look at other assets or other asset classes to see whether you can actually compare apples for apples. I hope that makes sense. But for me, looking at your total net income divided by the acquisition cost and the refurbishment cost, and then you're going to work out the ROI. That's based on what you spent or your investors spent. Not based on what it's worth now. That might be a different figure. But that's not relevant if you're not going to sell it. What's relevant is what the ROI is. Now, of course, increased value means you can perhaps leverage that for other properties. But again, I'll make the point again. If you're going to compare apples for apples, make sure you're looking at the true ROI, not the figure that makes you feel all warm and fuzzy because you're getting a 60% return investment on your five grand that you left in the deal because that's not really going to help you compare with other deals. So, I want you to let you into a secret now about what we really do. What is the crux of the strategy we've developed over the years? And let me start off by asking you a question. What do you think we invest in? Do you think we invest in commercial multiple occupancy buildings, or CMOs, as I like to call them? Or as some people like to suggest, we invest in serviced offices? Or do we just Invest in general commercial stuff, single lets, perhaps storage? Are we passive or active investors? Is it industrial leisure? Well, we actually do all of them. But let me expand on that list of things that our clients rent from us. Because I think it's quite important to understand that it doesn't have to be just one type of product. So we do self-storage units. And those can be from a simple 6 by 8 foot wooden crate internal through to the iconic 20-foot storage container or even high-eaves industrial storage units. And not one of those products is on a site in of its own. There are always other products available within the vicinity. And when I say products, I mean things like office space or workshops and the like. 
We also offer, of course, offices. Yes, we do, from single person right up to 30-odd people in a team. We provide meeting spaces, venue spaces, private co-working, business lounges, restaurant space, retail, therapy rooms, tattoo studios, oh, internet fulfillment space with office storage and packing and picking areas all in the same kind of space, call centres, counselling space, even recording studio, head office space, regional space, light manufacturing, testing facilities, industrial, workshops, and even just bare land. Almost all of these products sit on multiple sites that we have. But before you run off thinking this all sounds rather complicated, let me tell you what the real crux of our business model really is. Our business is not specifically about renting space. Our real business is about creating value out of undervalued and unseen opportunities in commercial property. It's taking an unloved and sometimes, quite frankly, knackered building and developing it to the best optimal income possible from that asset. It's not about the highest possible income, because you could spend a lot of money on some of these assets to get as much income as possible, but it's rather about the absolute optimum. Our operations business fills the space and manages it on a day-to-day -day basis, and that's fine, and people sometimes think that's what we do. We, we let space, which of course is important. But the real under-the-hood difference is from being creative. Whether that's your skill or your team's, that's true active investment. Others in the industry call it asset management. To me, that sounds too clinical, even aloof or manipulative, and quite frankly, quite boring. It's about design, creative finance, development, understanding local market needs, being personal when you need to, creating something useful and supporting local commerce. So in summary, there's three pieces of the jigsaw I want you to think about from the terms of looking at commercial market. And when the bigwigs are floating all the jargon around, you'll have a better context and a multi-dimensional understanding of what the industry is and what it's not. So remember, the first thing is the difference between an active and a passive investor or investment. The second thing is location. Is it primary? Is it secondary? Is it tertiary? How does that affect yield and the multiple that people will put on that yield, the money they're going to spend to buy that income? All of these things affect the context of what you're talking about or what you're listening to the industry telling you or what people are saying on Facebook or social media forums. Then the third one was the classification. That's when you start getting down into the detail. Are you in retail? Are you in storage, leisure, industrial? What sector are you in? Because I can tell you, things like storage industrial are doing very well at the moment. And as we know, hospitality and retail is a bit more patchy. And as things develop through the COVID crisis, other opportunities are going to be coming up that you maybe want to take um, ownership of. So in this multi-dimensional market, you have to consider all of the above parts to see where people are coming from and to understand what best suits your goals. So next time you see some investment manager tell you the commercial market has gone to hell in a basket or it's too expensive because it's always one way or the other right then you can view that viewpoint in a multi-dimensional way not a two-dimensional way as it was expressed by the commentator we ourselves invest in poorly run older properties and optimize them for the best possible cash flow and income 
Operations, of course, is critical, as I say, and letting space on a day-to-day basis is really important. But the real business model is finding and developing older, poorly run properties that we can add significant value to. Because then we've created equity, we've created value within our portfolio. Whereas when I used to look at commercial, I thought you had to do that on the outside and then invest in commercial on a more passive basis, but it doesn't have to be that way. Now, if you make great income somewhere else, commercial is a great asset class to invest in. Of course it is. But if you're struggling to think about how am I going to get into this market and grow a big portfolio and think the only way of doing that is by building up some money somewhere else and then investing, it's not actually the case. So by redesigning space to the optimum level, some space that you've invested in, for a specific building in a specific location, you're much more in control of the asset value rather than the market sentiment, which tends to drive prices in primary locations and some secondary locations. What are people willing to pay for that yield, for that interest rate effectively on their money? And of course, if the market's very hot, sometimes they're paying for a 4% yield or 4% return on their money. And if you think about it, when the market's paying that kind of money and then the market changes and there's a downturn and they're willing only to pay for 10%, imagine what that does to the property value. Changes it dramatically. The property itself hasn't changed at all. It may even still have the same occupant, the same lease in place, the same 200-year-old building if that's what it is. But what's happened is the market sentiment's changed and therefore the value of that property's changed. Now, of course, that's much more about timing. It's about finding the right building in the right location. But other than that, you're sitting and waiting and hoping. Whereas if you're doing more active investment in more tertiary or secondary locations, you've got more chance of actually increasing the value and improving the overall equity value you have personally in your portfolio. So think about how those local issues are going to affect you rather than the macro sentiment. Because those local issues, you're basically investing in local buildings, are going to affect you much more than the overall market sentiment that you're hearing out there and what people are saying about the market in general. So Thanks for letting me get that off my chest. (laughs) Hopefully that's helped clarify things for newer investors. I hope. Or at least highlighted something that you've already known. Either way, it was good therapy for me. Thank you. And if you have any burning questions, then please feel free to reach out. Look at the show notes, see how you can get in touch or join our Facebook group, of course, to learn from others going through the same process as you. There's some videos in there of our latest developments and things that we're doing. Feel free to share some of your own projects, lessons or challenges. So you'll find the Facebook group uh, mentioned in the show notes. It's also um, Commercial Property Investor, Facebook forward slash. You'll get to the page, then just click on the link to join the group. Now, the last thing for you active investors out there, our inquiries for workspace are picking up particularly the smaller spaces. More people are beginning to look at starting their own businesses and we'll be looking for space. So I encourage you to get out there and look for suitable space to invest in for that market area. It's what happened in 2008 and 2009. I'm fully expecting it to happen again. I'm starting to see signs of it already. Talking about people starting their own businesses now. People get made redundant. They start looking at doing things they wish they could do in in the past and never quite had the guts. Well, now they're being forced to do it. It's what happened last time. I'm sure it's going to happen this time. As I've said before, don't wait for the right time. Commercial property takes a while to buy. 
takes a while to find and negotiate, so you need to get going now. If you want support with that, I'm going to be starting a new mastermind group next month to provide accountability and sector-specific knowledge because of the opportunities that are going to be coming up. If that's going to be of interest to you, then reach out. And over the years, I have learned there's an optimum number of people for masterminds to work really well. So numbers are going to be limited to make sure it's effective for everyone involved. So if you're interested in that, as I say, it's going to start next month. Just drop us an email. This change um, in inquiry type, as I was saying there, is definitely on the increase. The numbers are increasing now. It's what happened last time round. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen again. So whether you want to join us on a mastermind or not, get out looking for those buildings that are going to satisfy those increases in demand. Okay, there are some sectors in commercial that are not going to be doing so well, but that's not the whole commercial market. That's just certain sectors. So all the best and until next time. (laughs) 